Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. 60% of people are suffering from a chronic disease today. There are five main sources in our home that are contributing to those chronic diseases. And most people have no idea that they're using materials within their homes that are actually making them sick. What if you could clean your home safely? You could have easy to make recipes with items you already have, and you could make a few small changes to get yourself on that path to wellness. In my course, I'll show you how to detox each and every room of your house and create a healthy home environment. And welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so glad that you are here. Um, we so appreciate each and every person that is listening to the Toxin Terminator podcast. I do want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Christian Mix 106, the widest variety of Christian music bringing people to Jesus every day. You can listen by going to christianmix106.com. Today, we have got a treat for you. My guest has a degree in health science and chemistry. He has a doctorate in physical therapy. Listen, he's got a lifelong education journey, let me tell you. He has studied functional and environmental medicine, as well as digestive health to help reach more people. He just knew that what he was doing in the path that he was on, that it wasn't getting the results that he wanted, and he wanted to be able to impact more people. He serves on several advisory boards. Um, one is called Your Second Half. This is an a, a organization that helps collegiate and professional athletes transition into careers after their um, athletic career. He also is on the medical advisory board for Green Smoothie Girl. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might be listening to hers as well. Um, that's awesome. His clinical expertise spans so many different modalities. And you're going to understand when I read some of this list to you, how it was so difficult figuring out what are we going to focus on today during this interview, but he has brain rehabilitation, functional endocrinology, Lyme disease, stealth pathogens, integrative uh, gastronology, mold toxicity, epigenetics, that is a real buzzword right now, and mitochondrial dysfunction. And my guest today is Dr. Tim Jackson. I just am so grateful that you agreed to come on and share uh, just a little bit uh, of who you are and, and what you do today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. I appreciate the work you're doing and I appreciate everyone who's listening. Absolutely. Today, I thought, if, um, if you don't mind, um, we'd really like to discuss some of the environmental stressors. Um, and you, you take on a different angle than many of my guests have heard today. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, we can talk about the autonomic nervous system. Um, I know that's something that's a real passion of yours. And we can you know, let people know just exactly what it is and, and why uh, it's so important. And then, of course, mitochondria health. Um, now, if, if, 
if listeners, you're like me, I had no idea what mitochondria even was. So we're going to dig into those topics. And, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? What what are you most passionate about and, and why? How did you get here? Yeah, so basically I went to undergrad at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I took all the pre-med requirements and had But during my preceptorships, my mentors said, you know, you're going to struggle, not academically, but because you're interested in nutrition and you're not going to really get much of that. And they said, just get a ticket to play the game. Just get a doctorate in something in the healthcare field. And so that's what I did. Um, you know, I really arrived at that point uh, even more so after I had an, uh, what I now realize is an unnecessary jaw surgery that, you know, took a lot of things that my body was keeping at bay, so subclinical to clinical, meaning presenting with symptoms and signs. Right. And so that's, uh, you know, how I arrived here. And then, you know, treating patients with orthopedic um, manual therapy, I realized that, you know, a lot of times those were simply external manifestations of internal imbalances. Right, right. Yeah. And so I figured, you know, if I can correct these internal imbalances, a lot of the other stuff goes away. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing to me, you know, how beautifully created our body is, Um, you know, and even as far as we might get in one direction, how if we take the necessary steps, we can, you know, bring it all back to center. Right. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Our body has an amazing capacity to heal. Uh, You know, we hear that all the time. We just have to remove those uh, performance barriers, performance drainers, as I like to call them. And then the body can get back to doing its thing. Awesome. So when you talk about performance drainers, what, what would you talk, what would you say are like, you know, do you have like a top three or a top five performance drainers? Yeah, just at the presentation on this, and I would say the top ones are uh, mold toxicity, uh, non-native EMFs or electromagnetic fields, so 5G, Wi-Fi, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, third being endocrine disrupting chemicals. Oh, well, let's talk, let's, let's break each one of these down, um, you know, and talk about that because that's your environmental stressors, you know, right there. Um, mold toxicity, how common is this? It's estimated that 50% of the homes and buildings in the U.S., at least 50%, have um, water damage. Wow. Now, you don't have to necessarily have water damage to have mold growth. Because if you look at, you know, new construction, a lot of the times the construction crew puts up a frame and they might not get back to that house for three weeks. And in the meantime, it rains on it. And so you already have materials that are conducive to overgrowth. And it's one of those things where, you know, when people hear mold, they think black mold, which is stachybotrys. And that one is certainly dangerous. But there are many species you can't see or smell which are just as harmful. Right. And so, uh, you know, uh, I have worked with couples and individuals who are multimillionaires. And, you know, it has nothing to do with the hygiene of your home. Right. Um, it has to do with, you know, humidity, structural issues, 
things of that nature. And so... And our homes are locked up tight now. You know, we want these high energy efficient homes and we're locking them up tight and not allowing the the house to breathe. So I I would suspect that the mold toxicity is is pretty high. Yeah. And, you know, what people need to understand is the mold behaves differently indoors than it does outdoors. Sure. So when there is not such a push for energy efficiency, there was a better exchange of indoor and outdoor air. But now, you know, you may only have a a small amount of mold uh, inside a house, but it can become problematic very quickly. Um, You know, and patients will say, oh, Dr. Tim, I went to the Amazon and, you know, there's all this mold there. Why didn't I have a problem? Because mold behaves differently outdoors. And it's just like in the gut, you need certain species to keep other species in check. And when you don't have that, that's when things become problematic. So, yeah, sorry. Tell us what what would be some symptoms if somebody, you know, suspects that, hey, maybe it's a problem for me. I don't know. What what kind of things would they be experiencing? So it can manifest differently. And that's, you know, the main take home point. So, you know, I've worked with families before where. The husband has a certain number of symptoms. The wife has completely different symptoms. The son has even different symptoms and the daughter has different symptoms. Right. Now, some of the most common symptoms that you see over and over again are uh, severe insomnia, like recalcitrant insomnia that just won't respond to supplementation of any kind and even medication of any kind. Okay. Um, and that's because of the inflammation, the neurological inflammation it causes. Okay. Um, also brain fog. And, you know, I worked with an actress who's fairly well known. And, you know, she said it took her almost a pot of coffee to get going. And, uh, you know, she hadn't really been a heavy coffee drinker prior to that. And I said, well, you know, you're trying to overcome the mold, you know, mm-hmm. to help your mitochondria produce energy. And uh, so, you know, people can present with recalcitrant insomnia, runny nose, sinus headaches, or what they perceive to be sinus problems. But 95% of sinus problems or sinus infections are due to mold. Really? And I learned that from an ENT, yeah. So like, um, if you suffer from allergies, it could it, it might not necessarily be that you've got Uh, seasonal allergies, you might be suffering from mold. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I would say you can have mold toxicity where you have a buildup of mold in your body, but you can also have an allergy to mold where you react to it, or you can have both. Um, But, you know, the mold toxicity part for me is more serious than the mold allergy. Got it. Got it. And so what is there tests that somebody can take and to find out, you know, is this even something that I'm dealing with? Yeah. So there are urine mycotoxin tests and depending on, you know, which lab you use, they might test for nine or 10 mycotoxins. Mm -hmm. Some might check up to 20 or 25. Um, But when we get those results back, I might say, Amy, okay, your levels are elevated, but I can't tell you what percentage of these mycotoxins came from your house, from the grocery store, from the mall, 
And all I can tell you is that your body burden is pretty high. Gotcha. And I, so sometimes I do that test. Other times I use an organic acids test and you can look for certain markers on there. And, and because that gives you a window into many different areas of the body, uh, I like to use that versus, you know, the mycotoxin test is only going to tell us about mycotoxins. Got it. Got it. So in the organic acids test, are we able to then tell this is something that you're getting in your home environment or is it still you've just got, you know, an issue with the body? Yeah. So it's I'm able to say, you know, you have uh, an issue with an accumulation of microtoxins in your body. But, uh, you know, we need to have your home evaluated properly and your office and any other place that you spend a great deal of your time right right uh and i just envision with your home evaluated you know is this like you know hazmat suits coming in and and checking things out is this like a is this like an expensive venture that people have to go down well it, it can be but it doesn't have to be okay. and uh, you know i learned from a lot of mistakes over the years and there's a lot of companies depending on the state a company may be allowed to test and remediate the mold, which is kind of a conflict of interest. And uh, kind of a red flag for that is if they come in and they don't use an infrared camera to look behind the walls for increased condensation, and then they're like, Amy, we need to tear down this wall and this wall and that wall. And, you know, they haven't even tested anything yet. And so, you know, you can easily be into it for $80,000, $90,000. Now, that, that most certainly doesn't have to be the case. Um, you know, you can probably get a thorough home evaluation done, depending on the size of your home, for $1,000 or less. Okay. And usually, you know, around five hundred. dollars Okay. All right. And, yeah, and so, um, you know, you're able to see any areas of increased condensation, and then you can be more focused on a specific area and have them come in and tear that area out. And then the other key is to make any structural changes that are necessary. So if um, the slope of your land is such that it allows water to pool underneath the house. Right. Um, things of that nature. Right. Uh, because if you remediate the mold, but you don't change the structural issue. The cause. It, yeah. The root, the root. Yeah, the <laughs> you know, root, exactly. We're all, we're all going back to get at the root. Um, that is so um, great information. What about, I just was interviewing with somebody and we were talking about mold and there was something I was I was just thinking of, and I don't think I wrote it down, but like you can even find mold um, like in the greens that you eat, in the um, in the coffee um, that, that you're you're drinking, you know, that that can be full of mold. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, there are certain foods that are known to be higher in mycotoxins. OK. Like coffee, um, peanuts, uh, nut butters things of that nature. Um, generally, they won't be that problematic unless you already have another source of exposure to mold. Right. So that's not going to be your primary source. It's just going to be usually not. Right. It's going to be an accumulated source with it. All right. Okay. EMFs. 
I'm really excited to dig into EMFs because I've talked about it a bit on the Toxin Terminator, but not into real great depth. So first, let's talk about what in the world EMFs are, you know, so that people understand that. Yeah, so EMF stands for electromagnetic field. And so you have an electrical field, and that's perpendicular to a magnetic field. Um, However you look at it, they're going to be perpendicular. Now, the Earth naturally puts off uh, what's called a Schumann resonance. And that uh, is a positive EMF that adds electrons to your body. When we say non-native EMFs, it's things that we have constructed, such as Wi-Fi cell phones, 5G towers, things of that nature. Even the wiring in your home, if it's too concentrated in one area, uh, that can be a source of dirty electricity. And we have to remember our bodies are biophysical beings Mm -hmm. and the biophysics drives the biochemistry. So, you know, at the cell membrane, it should be between minus 90 to minus 70 millivolts. And when you change that charge, then you're allowing for disruptions in your physiology. Got it. Yeah. So would you say that, that, you know, because 5G, uh, you know, I've certainly seen a lot of, uh, you know, horrible statistics with 5G, but are kind of our biggest, um, what about like these smart TVs and these smartphones and smart speakers and, you know, you think about everything that's operating off of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in your home. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the more I tell people, like I have a colleague who's an MD and in his office, he's in a major city, but uh, there's no uh, Wi-Fi. So everyone is hardwired into the Ethernet mm-hmm. and uh, cordless phones. If you still have a landline, they're one of the worst um causes of non-native EMFs. And so, um, you know, we're exposed constantly and there are things we can do to our home, things we can do to our body, um, and, you know, things we can do uh, structurally as well um, to help mitigate EMFs. So, you know, let's talk about the easy solutions, the things that, you know, the vast majority of people are, are going to be able to do. Um, you know, you talked about hardwired. I, I know for me and my computer and my office, I'm hardwired. So that's one thing that we can do, right? Yeah. And another one that I tell people that, so a lot of times I hear, oh, my spouse doesn't believe in this. And my answer is, well, it's not a religion, it's science. There's over 27,000 studies. But even if they don't believe in it, no one's going to be coding in the middle of the night. So just turn the Wi-Fi off, put it on a timer, whatever, you know, so that at 930, you know, it turns off and it turns back on at 6 or 630 in the morning. And so that's totally free to do. And, and, um, you know, another simple solution is I know a lot of people, charge their cell phones in their bedrooms, but you want to charge it outside the bedroom um, for a number of reasons. But even if you have a product on it that, you know, is supposed to mitigate EMFs, still want to charge it outside your door or in another room. And so those are are two simple solutions. Oh, and this one's big for women. And that is carrying their cell phone either on the, in their bra or in their um, pants yeah. right up against their skin. 
And, you know, before uh, cops had their radar guns mounted, uh, there was a 600% increase in testicular cancer because mm. they had it here. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's 250 something scientists worldwide, you know, who've spoken out against this. There's reasons other countries have uh, outlawed it. And I know a health coach here locally who she and her husband moved their kids down here because up in Charlotte, North Carolina, they put like a 5G tower right outside of the school. Yeah. Well, within six months, I think five kids had developed some form of cancer. That's crazy to me. Now, and, and, and I, I'm going to add in another layer with the, the cell phones in the bedroom. You know, if you're listening and in any of my teachings, it's not, I don't even want you having like, do, do a battery operated, um, uh, uh, clock, you know, so that you can, you know, so you don't even have a plugged in, you know, uh, clock. There's no, no electronics in the bedroom because it's disrupting your sleep. Um, you know, and we need that sleep. So these are great suggestions. Now, I've seen some things where people have actually installed something on their electrical panels. They've installed things in their homes. Um, can you talk to us about those? Yeah, so those uh, tend to be a little more expensive, you know, around 2000 or okay. so. Um, but they're generally referred to as EMF kills switches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for some people, they might be feasible for other people, not as much. Um, there's now different types of paint that you can use that helps mitigate EMFs. Um, and I know of a clinician that's working on coming out with a tent that you can put around your bed that mitigates EMFs at night, which you know, they're very disruptful to sleep in right. addition to many other things. Did you know that many of us have symptoms of toxin overload in our bodies, but we don't even know it? Signs of a toxic overload could be headaches, fatigue, insomnia, skin issues like acne and psoriasis, and hormonal imbalances, and the list just keeps on going. But the problem I had, and I'm sure many of you have had, is how can you know how well you're managing your toxic risk? That's why I've put together a free toxic risk assessment that will help you discover what products might be contributing to your toxic symptoms and what small changes you can make to detox and cleanse your health. After you take the assessment, you're going to get my free toxic free home shopping guide. This is the easy button for finding the right products to shop for. These are the products I've been using in my home and the products I give my stamp of approval on. Take your free assessment now at amycarlson.com to get on the path of detoxing and cleansing your health. Right, right. I love that information. What about, um, you talked about having a device on your phone. Um, do, Do those really work? Well, so, you know, I have my experts in the field and in this field, it's uh, Nick Pinal, um, okay. um, you know, who wrote the non-tinfoil hat guide to EMFs. And he also produced a course for clinicians and a course for lay people. But, um, you know, in terms of the things that you can put on your phone, the one that I used that was recommended by Ben Greenfield is called the Defender Shield. I think it was about 40 bucks, um, depending on the size of your phone. 
And you won't be able to, at least I don't think you can, have both a hard case and a defender shield. Okay. But in my mind, the defender shield is more important. And you can still hear me, you know, when I have it flipped down, you can still hear me. Okay. Um, and so that's something simple. I also have somewhere that I misplaced when I moved uh, called a Hera pad, H-A-R-A-P-A-D. And there's different types and sizes, but it goes underneath your laptop. First of all, let me back up. You should never put your laptop on your lap. Please do not do that. I mean, at least one pillow. But um, even with that, you know, you still want to mitigate EMS as much as you can. And so uh, having that pad underneath helps, you know, to a degree. Um, and so, you know, those are two relatively inexpensive products. I love that. That I mentioned that can, you know, really start to have a compound effect. Make a difference for you in, in your life. That, that's, that's great information because I, I just don't think that people understand, um, you know, we're, we're energy, you know, our bodies are energy. And so if there's energy around us, it's either working with our body's energy or working against it, um, you know, and that's where illness comes in when our energy, you know, uh, levels start going low, we start being more susceptible to being sick. And, and then, of course, you know, death happens uh, there. Um, what about um, you talked about mold? We talked about e did I miss anything in EMF? No, but one thing I'd like to mention really quick is that one thing that makes mold uh, exponentially more dangerous is the presence of EMFs. And so, if you got them both, <laughs> yeah, they no feel like they're being attacked. They produce, uh, Dr. Klinghardt has shown, they produce 600 times more mycotoxin. Wow. Wow. And I, I, I would venture to say, I can't say that your house has a mold toxicity pro, uh, pro problem, but I can venture to say it has EMF right. uh, in it because most people have Wi-Fi. Uh, most people are not direct wired, um, you know, and they're not shutting it off. Um, right. you know, at night. And I, I've even heard keep it farthest away from where the family gathers, you know. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, have a Wi-Fi router, which seems to be like the only way you can get internet in your homes, you have it someplace where it's not near where you guys are gathering. Right. Yeah. No, that's good advice. And that taps into, if you want to know the science, the inverse square law, right. which basically just says the further away you can get from it, the better. The better you off you are. Okay. Endocrine. You're talking about endocrine disrupting products, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, a number of substances can be endocrine disrupting, and that can be from metabolites from bad bacteria or yeast in the gut to systemic infections or pathogens to uh, heavy metals, toxic metals, mercury, aluminum, lead, cadmium. Mm -hmm. uh, to things like BPA, which is a xenoestrogen, right. meaning that it, it binds the estrogen receptor and causes the same reaction that true estrogen does. Right. And so that's, you know, really problematic uh, for a number of reasons. Um, but, you know, we're exposed to these, um, like in the background, you might be able to see or hear my air doctor running. And the air doctor filters volatile organic compounds. Right. 
And that's something that people don't realize certainly affects your nervous system and brain health, but also your immune system and endocrine systems. And, you know, if people love to get in new cars and inhale that new smell, but that's not good. That's not good at all. (laughs) I know. I was telling my husband when I got down into this this line of of doing what I do, I'm like, oh, that new car smell is so bad for us. It just, you know, because that's all the plastic off gassing, you know, and that's, that's, what's creating that, that smell. And it's, and it's, it's horrible uh, for the body that, and, and so if you've got a new car, you know, my tips to you are roll those windows down. I don't care if it's the dead of winter, let air circulate in that, uh, in that car so that you can get that off gassing out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. Does the air doctor make one for the car? Do they have a portable one? I don't know if Air Doctor does. I'm pretty sure Austin Air and maybe IQ Air. I know that they do. Um, And, you know, that helps to filter mycotoxins, you know, depending on your environment, but also those chemicals. I just saw a post. Now, you know, people who follow me know I do essential oils. And I just saw a post where they had the device that was giving the, um, let me see if I can pull the picture up here because I want to give the, the right, yeah, here we go. It's a device that gives you in, I'm trying to see, PMLS. Is that that PMLS. what it says? I can't, I can't read what's above there, like PMLUS something like that is telling you the, the micro particles in the air um, you know, so this, it's a um, device that's reading the particles and it was at 329. All right. Uh, was the reading level. And after one hour of diffusing essential oils in the room, it went down to 38. Right. You know, so these, you know, not only do essential oils smell good and are great for emotional health, they're also purifying the air, um, you know, to help give you clean air and remove the junk. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, oh, I'm at in my, t- my two No, here. that's great. That's great. Yeah, I just love it when people post stuff up and I can take a look at it. You know, and, and endocrine disrupting. Let's talk about why this is so important, okay? Because, um, you know, our audience is real familiar with a lot of like our personal care products, you know, the phthalates that are in the plastics and fragrances and, you know, parabens and, and, and all of that stuff. Let's talk about why. Why, why do we not want to have those endocrine disrupting products in our body? Yeah, so uh, even without the endocrine disrupting products, you know, because of emotional and psychological stress and, um, you know, other environmental stressors, our hormones are declining. I mean, I see girls who are 20, 21, 22 with low progesterone. Um, You know, the average testosterone has gone down, 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 down the past 40 to 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's without the endocrine disrupting chemicals. Right. Then if you take, say, a male who has low testosterone and you put xenoestrogens in their body, they're going to be estrogen dominant and they're going to feel even worse. <laughs> but not only do they not have testosterone, but they have too much estrogen. Right. That's a double whammy. Right. Yeah. And same thing for women. Um, you know, there's obviously different types of estrogen, E1, E2, E3. Um, some are, 
more conducive to promoting cancer growth while others inhibit it. But um, you need to be able to metabolize your estrogens properly so that they're in the correct form. And uh, these endocrine disrupting chemicals change that. They alter that landscape. Right. Well, and there's, there's chemicals that are going in there that are actually mimicking, you know, estrogen in the body. And, and, you know, so while, well, we might also, we might see women on one end of the spectrum that have a low progesterone level. We're also seeing our girls who are reaching puberty much earlier. They're developing breast and, and getting their menstrual cycle way earlier uh, than what we ever did as children. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because if you talk about bioidentical hormone replacement from a compounding pharmacy, oh, that stuff will kill you. But, you know, hormones injected into cows or fed to pigs, you know, that's perfectly fine. We don't think twice about that. And then we're eating it. You know, right. same thing with we're eating the antibiotics that they're being treated with, um, you know, to keep them. Ugh, it's just a crazy cycle that that we go through for sure. Now, I heard somebody tell me at one time that. Um, you know, we always think of, you know, our personal care products having the, the, you know, the parabens and all of these estrogen and endocrine disrupting chemicals. But I heard that actually some of your cleaning products were the worst. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, you can check your products, personal care and cleaning products through the Environmental Working Group, yeah. EWG.org. Um, and, you know, it can pull up the adverse chemical effects, you know, that are present in that product. Yep. And, you know, they're even, you know, general stores like Target, Walmart now carry brands like Seventh Generation and a few others that, you know, are very low chemicals or chemical free. Right. And I tell people, use those apps. There's free apps on your phone because even I have found, not saying all, but even I have found in products like Seventh Generation, it's still got ingredients in there that I don't allow into my home. Um, there's still a lot of greenwashing. There's, com- there's companies that have gone you know, and they're, and they're doing a, a good job, but like seventh generation, I still find sodium lauryl sulfate in it. And for me, that's a no go chemical and, and, you know, ingredient in our home. So, and there's the uh, healthy living app that, that EWG puts out and there's the um, think dirty app, um, which, you know, are great apps to, you know, just start learning, just start educating because they both, they all tell you exactly what's going on. Yeah, and I tell people, you know, all the time, you know, people are focused on this political election, but you really vote with your dollar. Yeah. You know, if you would have told me 12 years ago, 14 years ago, that, you know, Walmart would have like new chapter supplements or, you know, Burt's Bees and some of the other healthier, maybe not the healthiest, but healthier companies, you know, and it's just consumer education and demand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're becoming more educated, which is great. You know, when we know better, we get to do better. Right. We, we, right. we can't make a change if we don't know what it is that we need to change. OK, so then we go on. So those are all kind of some of the environmental um, uh, stressors that we have. Let's talk about the um, autonom- uh, autonomic nervous system. I don't even know what the heck that is. Talk to me about that. So you have at the top your autonomic nervous system. Okay. And it's broken down into your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, 
flight or freeze response. Right. And then on the other side, you have your parasympathetic nervous system. Right. Which is your rest and digest or feed and breathe. In other words, I tell my male patients, you can't have an erection when you're running from a tiger. (laughs) And so, you know, um, our organs, our internal organs are what's called duly innervated. So they have a sympathetic innervation and a parasympathetic innervation. Okay. And it's never that one's completely turned on and another's completely turned off. It's a matter of percentage. Okay. And when we become sympathetic dominant, like if we were to, you know, just start running several miles, you know, blood flow gets redistributed to our skeletal muscles and uh, it helps to mobilize glycogen and for energy to help us run from that tiger, that dinosaur. Right. And that decreases blood flow to, you know, your internal organs uh, for tasks such as digestion, absorption, and assimilation. Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, sympathetic dominance can be brought on by emotional or psychological stress Ooh. or physical stressors okay. or what I call physiological stressors. Okay. So that would be dysbiosis or an infection in the gut. That would be a systemic infection, uh, blood sugar imbalances, um, mold toxicity. All of those things create a similar type reaction. Your body doesn't have a way to decipher this is a stressor of this degree. This right. is a stressor of this degree. So all of those things start to add up. So you can have someone who has $4 million in the bank and have no worries in the world but they might have a lot of physiological stressors. Right. And so they may be sympathetic dominant. Right. And, you know, if you have a hyperactive startle reflex, you know, you're easily scared. Right. You jump a lot at the slightest noise. That's a sign that you're sympathetic dominant or hypervigilant. And, you know, all the stuff that I know you preach and I preach in terms of eating healthy, using healthy products, thinking healthy thoughts, mm-hmm. et cetera, in order for our bodies to best utilize them, we need to be in a parasympathetic state. Right. And, you know, like I said, any number of those culprits can put us in a sympathetic dominant state. Uh, You'd be hard pressed to find someone who's not in a sympathetic dominant state today. Right. Um, But one way to measure is uh, heart rate variability. Oh, yeah. Or HRV. Right. And there's many devices, you know, you can use nowadays to measure that. And uh, I was speaking on a podcast yesterday and I said, you know, it's not about, okay, Amy, uh, she has her baseline measurement. She needs to compare it to this number. It's about you getting your baseline, making the necessary changes and tracking it over time. Right, right, right. And so to break that down, you know, into the simpler terms, you know, you would think that a healthy heart, you know, constant rate, speeding at a constant rate, but actually there's a great deal of variability. Right. And what that implies is that you're able to alternate between sympathetic and parasympathetic tone. Easily. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, as a runner, I can tell you, you know, that uh, one, one, uh, and I, you know, we didn't call it HRV, but you know, it, it was like a, a test to see how, um, I, I'm trying to think of the word that I want to use, but it, it was a real readiness to train. 
Well, it was a true test of how, you know, okay, your heart rate's going to get escalated because you're racing, you know, but how quickly can you get it back down to its normal rate? And so we tracked that over time to see how your physical shape was, you know, when you escalate that heart rate, how quickly are you being able to bring that back down to normal, um, you know, determines how healthy, you know, that's what we did when, when I was training. Yeah. And the best athletes in the world a lot of people mistakenly think that you know they're just jacked up all the time like the more excited they can get the better but yeah. the best athletes in the world they are parasympathetic parasympathetic and they go sympathetic and quickly come back parasympathetic right right it's it's that it's that how quickly can you get it back down so what kinds of things can we do because we know in you know in this world of being like unsure and you know just you know our our emotions are just on overdrive and i kind of like to call it like you know just your body's inflamed we're in this inflammation you know point yeah. We've got information overload happening, you know, with with um, how much we're digesting, um, you know, with that. So what do you recommend to help slow us down um, and, you know, so that we can get our heart rate down and get that oxidative stress, you know, down and that inflammation yeah. down? Yeah, I mean, I would say one is practicing digital minimalism. So, you know, if you're subscribing to 30 newsletters, sit down and ask which one of these can you not live or can you not live without? And so, um, you know, eliminating those, Mm -hmm. you know, that amount of sensory input, because we're also focused on what we put in our mouth. But what we put in our nervous system is more important in my eyes. Yes. And so um, practicing digital minimalism, number one, because they've shown like in the checkout lines at grocery stores, if you have 10 magazines to choose from, you get overwhelmed. But if you have three, you don't get overwhelmed. Right. And so that's one thing. Two is just realizing that that a lot of times we invite stress into our lives. But just because your phone rings doesn't mean like right now my phone's off. If someone has an issue, then they need to go to the ER. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Um, But, you know, you have to set boundaries. And, uh, you know, we can all occupy ourselves with responding to Facebook messages, Instagram, and emails, and texts. And, I mean, the most successful people I know, however you choose to define success, they say, okay, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., I'm doing this. I don't care what else, unless my building blows up, I don't care what's going on. Right. This is what I'm doing. That's called time blocking. I learned this a long time ago. For instance, um, you know, my phone, uh, which does happen to be right next to me. However, uh, I don't have any notifications turned on on my phone. None. Zero. Because I'm very intentional on when I'm going to check emails when I'm going to go in and look at social media. And, and so I just don't even want the, the notifications coming through. I just don't do it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a great idea, not only to calm your nervous system, but it helps you become more present and deepen social connections, which helps balance your autonomic nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one thing. Another thing would be, you know, 
human beings have this need to balance certainty and uncertainty. Yes. You know, these seemingly diametrically opposed needs. Right. But if we can eliminate as much uncertainty, so we may not know what the economy is doing in eight months. You know, we may not know what the state of affairs will be then. But if you can, you know, create a routine that works for you and create as much predictability um, in your uh, day-to-day life, then, you know, that will relieve some of the tension on the reptilian brain. And so the more basic uh, bodily functions like breathing, respiration, heart rate are looking at the base of the brain. Um, And that's also where your reptilian brain is. And so when you're operating out of that, you can't operate out of the prefrontal cortex, which is where executive reasoning comes from. Right. And so anything, you know, we don't have tigers to run from anymore, but now it comes in the form of securing resources, finances, et cetera. Um, And so, you know, the more... uh, healthy you can get in terms of financial wellness. You know, most people I know don't do it for the sake of getting more money. They do it for the sake of being more present mm-hmm. and creating uh, more bandwidth. To right. Operate from. right. Well, peace of mind, you know, knowing yeah. that, that, you know, that it's just that, that peace of mind. One thing I also went to, um, oh my gosh, I, I, quite some time ago is I don't watch the news. Zero. Don't do it. I don't either. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's just doom and gloom. And it keeps us in that, you know, frenzied, you know, state of mind. I have specific uh, avenues that I'll look up my information and resources and the rest is is done. This is great information. Um, I love, you know, and I love being able to give the audience here. This is, you know, things that you can do every day. And it might not seem you know, what? Don't watch the news. What? You know, try it. Try it for a week. Right. You know, just try it for a week and see how you feel at the end of the week. And, you know, along the lines of the autonomic nervous system, uh, we have something called the vagus nerve or the wandering right. nerve. And right. it pretty much controls all of our internal organs and internal physiology. Okay. And when you're sympathetic dominant, that nerve is not being activated as much or as regularly as it should be. And that can be because of deficiencies in things like acetylcholine, Mm -hmm. the neurotransmitter. It can be from, um, you know, certain impingements on different nerves. Um, But it turns out that that vagus nerve is lined with receptors for acetylcholine. So supplementing with something like CDP choline or cytocholine um, can help to activate uh, the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is responsible for something called the anti-inflammatory reflex. So, you know, everything has, uh, at least in part, uh, an inflammatory basis. Right. And so uh, when you activate uh, the vagus nerve, um, you know, you improve mood. Um, decrease depression, improve cognition, uh, improve peristalsis and digestion, um, slow heart rate, mm. lower all, blood pressure. All good things, you know, all great things to do. Tell me, CDP choline? 
Yeah, so it's a specific type of choline. Um, it's not phosphatidylcholine, um, but it helps to raise acetylcholine, which, you know, works as an important neurotransmitter in the central nervous system. Where but are we it, finding that? CDP choline? Yeah. Oh, it's almost every company I know has it. Has a supplement with CDP choline in it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I know Gerald Formulas has one that is by itself. I know New Beginnings Nutritionals has one. Okay. I'm pretty sure Designs for Health does as well. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Got some great, great, great tips and, and companies on that. Okay. Mitochondrial health. So yeah. talk to me and, and, and we're, we're coming up to the end here, guys. Um, but talk to me about mitochondrial health because I know when I got started, I'm like, what is mitochondria? Yeah. So, you know, back in the day when I was an undergrad, I was taking cell molecular biology. We studied mitochondria, but we didn't learn anything to do to make someone's quality of life better. Right. Because, well, that would just be too helpful. And we can't have that. <laughs> um, but mitochondria, you know, if you look or Google it or look on Wikipedia, it's going to say the batteries of the cell. And so it's responsible for energy production. But don't just think in terms of energy to say, go exercise. Right. Or go um, snow skiing or water skiing or for bike ride or bike race. Okay. Uh, every system in your body requires energy. And sleep, for example, is one of the most energy intensive processes in the body. Right. Um, yeah. And the first place you see mitochondrial dysfunction show up is in the brain. Because okay. the brain has 9% of the body's mitochondria but it consumes 20 to 22% of the body's oxygen. And so you have just a few mitochondria doing a lot of work. So dysfunction there is going to manifest quickly. Got it. Now, uh, the, basically, when your mitochondria work better, everything works better. From cognition to your physical strength to your sex drive to your ability to recover from exercise, um, your ability to adapt to situations, everything works better. And okay. you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, as energy goes down, people can't heal. Right. And you know, that's true on both the vibrational level and the mitochondrial level. Right. And so, you know, when I'm working with someone, I ask myself, what can I do to make everything else work a little better or right. a lot better? And boosting the mitochondria is part of it. So how do you do that? Yeah, so one, and this piggybacks from what we were speaking before, is the mindset, mind-mitochondria link. So it's been shown that within two and a half to three minutes of experiencing a psychological or emotional stressor, that your mitochondria will start to slow down their energy production. Interesting. And so, you know, we, there's many ways stress can be harmful to us, that's one of the primary methods. All right. And so, um, excuse me one second. Sorry, can you pause it? <clears throat> Buzz, um, mind mitochondria link. We talked about mindset. So two and a half to three minutes from an emotional you know, deal, our mitochondria slows down. So we're talking about how do we support the mitochondria to make it healthier? Yeah, so a healthy mindset is one, 
Two um, would be decreasing environmental toxicity mm -hmm. because, you know, metals in particular, but many other compounds will mm -hmm. impact the body's ability, specifically the mitochondria's ability to produce energy. There are, you know, everyone's probably heard of coenzyme Q10 and L-carnitine, and that's primarily how they're working. Okay. Um, something that I like to use, I have a machine that makes it, is molecular hydrogen water. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, the mitochondria um, aren't protected by these histone proteins that our nuclear DNA is. And mm -hmm. so um, they are much more susceptible to damage. In order to protect them, things like molecular hydrogen, that molecule is really tiny. And so it can get into the inside of the mitochondria where it's most needed. Right, right. I love that. And I've heard of that. And in fact, I've got a, a it's a little plug-in deal that you put the water in and, and you set it on and you have one minute or three minutes and it hydrogenates the, the water. So yeah. um, love that, love that. So, you know, honestly, we're looking at, Everything that we can do that we talk about, it has so many different effects from the vagus nerve to the mitochondria to, um, you know, we go back to just our overall health of our bodies by making some very simple lifestyle changes, right? Absolutely. Definitely. You know, a lot of times, uh, at least the people I work with, you know, I can tell them to buy an expensive device or supplement and they'll do that. But the things that are free, that's what they kind of, you know, drop by the wayside. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know if it's because we don't think that, oh, well, it can't be that simple. You know, right. it can't be that easy. Um, right. But sometimes it truly is. Right. Yeah. We're, we're at the end of our hour here. And I just want to make sure that, you know, Dr. Jackson, is there anything that, you know, you want to leave our, our viewers with? First of all, let's make sure they know how to get a hold of you, because in the world that we're living in today, everybody's working virtually. So if people want to uh, get a hold of you, because a lot of these tests that we talked about earlier in the episode can only be ordered by a physician. So let's make sure they know how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So my website is healyourbody.org. And, you know, there's a contact form on there that will come directly to me. And so, you know, feel free to check out some of my interviews articles that are on that site. Um, and, you know, one thing I'd like to just leave everyone with is, you know, because, you know, we're socially distancing or required to socially distance these days, uh, it would be great if someone can see a practitioner for manual therapy, whether it's traditional massage, rolfing, because the human touch, and I'm not being sexual at all, I'm just talking about physical touch, you know, is a requirement, absolute requirement for health. Right. Right. And if you can't go, you know, a lot of the places have opened back up and people are being able to get those massages. If you live with someone, just, you know, take a moment to give them a foot massage, you know, you know, take some time to rub their shoulders, you know, just have that. We do. We crave that physical touch. And um, I know for me, not being able to see people's faces, um, you know, and uh, that's just, oh, um, you yeah. know, so 
I thank I you. I totally agree. Yeah. So much. Thank it's you for great. having me on. Oh, you bet. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.